Hello, I'm Will Stein and welcome to Geography Island Jams. This podcast is in the same style as the BBC Radio 4 Desert Island Disc series, whereby each episode I ask my interviewee what eight songs, book and luxury item they would want to take with them if they were stranded on a desert island. For rights reasons, the music has not been included in the podcast. You can find links to the eight songs on the LSE Geography and Environment website. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Geography Island Jams. With me today, I have an alumni of the department, Tom Cope. Tom graduated from the LSE in 2018 with a degree in BA Geography. He grew up in Reading, not too far outside London. When living in London, Tom stayed in High Holborn Hall during his first year and then King's Cross in Camden during his second and third. Outside of his degree, Tom was an active social member of the LSE Tennis Club and is a former president of the LSE Geography and Environment Society. Since graduating from the LSE, Tom has been pursuing a career in aviation. Tom is on his way to acquire a commercial pilot license with EasyJet. He started the process about a year and a half ago and he's been living out doing training in New Zealand for the past six months. So welcome, Tom. Quite Hello. Thank you for having me. It sounds quite official, doesn't it? It's funny when you read it out. <laughs> but um, I know, I know. It's like my whole life is flashing before me. It's very <laughs> weird. <laughs> well, the classic wonder starts. Do you remember when you first considered doing BA Geography at LSE? Yeah, it's really interesting, this. So I, I remember specifically wanting to do geography to like a high level of education from a really young age. And I'm very much one of those people that like looks and sets a goal in life and very much aims for it. And I'm not going to like let anyone stop me from doing that. So it was probably when I was about 11 or 12 years old that I considered about, you know, at the time thinking geography was a really cool subject. I really enjoyed it. I found it super interesting. And then when I got to secondary school, I kept doing well in the subjects. I still really enjoyed it. And so it was by the time I was about 14, 15 years old, I knew I wanted to study geography at university level. And that didn't change since that point forward. So when I got to uh, sixth form, that's when I started looking at degree programmes and, you know, what options there were out there. And, uh, yeah, I just remember uh, coming across the LSE course. I really liked the fact that it was, you know, human geography based because that was the side of geography that I found most interesting so I therefore thought I'd apply it as obviously a really good university and um, yeah and really was so elated when I got the email from them saying that I'd got a place and yeah so you know for me this has kind of been a a destination that I've been wanting to go for since quite a young age um, which you know compared to most students they normally decide quite late on as to what they want to do at university. Did you have a favourite topic whilst you were studying? Yeah, so my favourite topic was I really enjoyed political geography more than more than anything. I mean, what I loved about the geography degree in general was just that it was such a versatile degree anyway. And I remember learning so many different subject areas, you know, how it covered politics, economics, sociology. It was, you know, really interesting. But yeah, I really enjoyed political geography. And in fact, my dissertation was on nationalism in the end. So, you know, that for me was an area that I just found really interesting. I think had I not done a geography degree, I think I would have definitely done a degree like in politics or something politically based as a, as a backup if geography wasn't available. Tom, can you now tell me about the first song you'll be taking with you? Yeah, so um, as you can probably imagine, choosing these eight songs was really hard. Um, I don't necessarily think that these are like my eight favourite songs as such, but 
um, they certainly represent periods of my life that were significant on and hopefully the people listening will like these songs as well so um, the first song that I picked is uh, Born to Be Yours by Kygo and Imagine Dragons and I just remember listening to this song it was about two years ago and I just graduated from university at the time it was just a really like enjoyable period of my life and so yeah I was graduating from university I was like things like the World Cup was going on it was a really great summer um, we went. I mean, we went on holiday to Barcelona. It was just just a really great period of my life, and I just remember listening to this song a lot. And yeah, and so it just brings back all those yeah, great memories from about two years ago now. Do you have a favourite experience from your time at LSE? So I think definitely for me was uh, running the geography society in my final year. That was just you know such a rewarding experience to to have the opportunity to do something like that it was great and. I think for me, it was not only did I sort of prove to myself that I could do things that I didn't think I could do, but it was just such a great way to meet people um, and also learn new skills. And a lot of the skills um, that I learned from that uh, job in my final year at university, have, I've transferred into what I'm doing now. So for me, it's just like a, it's like a bottomless pit of, you know, resource for me. It's just fantastic that I'm able to you know, refer back to those experiences that I had at university, particularly, like I said, when I was running the society and use that in my, when I do my training now, you know, as um, when I have to make difficult decisions or perform difficult tasks even, you know. So, um, yeah, definitely running the society was by far the best thing I did. Um, and I should also mention the, the department as well. I was, I remember saying to you guys when we first started that um, I think, we have to like collaborate and partner with other societies, other you know departments, whatever that may be, if we're going to grow as a society. And I said, I think we really should focus on working with the geography and environment department if we want to reach out to more geography students. And we were so lucky to take, well, I was so lucky to take over the society when the department were keen to improve student satisfaction. They were looking for ways to foster that sense of community within the department. And yeah, so... To have, especially, I mean, we should give a special shout out to Susanna as well because she took over as head of department when I came in charge of the committee. And, you know, so thanks to her, really, we were able to do things like the ball and all the other things like the welcome parties and other social initiatives that we had throughout the year. So, yeah, it just made my job a lot more rewarding and a lot more enjoyable as well. Mm. Yeah, there was definitely a big shift in that time, especially for the definitely. society. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any favourite places around the LSE? I really, I think for me, um, the, the, I have to say the geography undergraduate common room was really, <laughs> that was really where it was all going on, especially in my third year at university. Is it still there, that building? Yeah, is it still same standing place, now? same room. Oh, is it? I think yeah, it did have a revamp. They down at one point, weren't they? Were you there for the revamp? They repainted um, the walls and got I new think, couches? No, literally... Oh, I don't. I think I just missed out on that. But regardless, like the building itself wasn't brilliant. But like just going into the geography common room after lessons, after lectures and stuff, and just hanging out together as a as a course was really cool. Um, and yeah, it was just such a sociable place. We also had all our committee meetings in there as well. So <laughs> we we got a lot done in that room during the time. But yeah, um, yeah so definitely. I mean, it, it wasn't a particularly you know spectacular building or anything like that but it was just a really special place where we used to just congregate as a group and yeah it was it was really good 
And what about London? Do you have any favourite places from around London? I really, I really enjoyed um, Greenwich and that part of London, like Greenwich Park in the South East London. I think Greenwich is a really nice, it's almost like a, a village-like place. So you've got, obviously you've got the river there and you've got the Cassie Sark and the, and the town itself is really pretty and quaint. But then the park as well, and you've got the views over Canary Wharf and it's a really big park you can just go and explore around. But yeah, I mean, there's so many parts of London. That's what the beauty of London really is. It's such a versatile place. There's so many different places you can go and visit. But yeah, I really enjoyed going down to Greenwich, down that area. It was a you know, really just quirky part of, of the city. So now, moving on to your second song, what's the second song you'll be taking mm-hmm. with you? So my second song is Life in Technicolor 2 by Coldplay. Um, now, yeah, I, I absolutely love Coldplay. And to be honest, all eight of my songs could have been Coldplay songs, but I thought for the sake of variety, I thought I'd mix it up a bit. But I chose this song in particular because a lot of their melodies and the sounds that are in this song are like quite typical to what you hear in most Coldplay songs. So it was quite a nice one to pick and as it sums up a lot of what their music is like. And I also remember it was about, it was about 12 years ago now, I remember going to one of their concerts and they opened up the whole concert with this song and the arena just like lit up it was absolutely insane it was it was truly magical to watch so um yeah i picked this song in particular just because of that but as i said i could have picked like loads of cold face songs it was really hard to choose so now tom moving on to your career in aviation when did you first start thinking Mm -hmm. about becoming a pilot yeah, so in a similar way to wanting to do geography at university, from quite a young age, I, I knew I wanted to be a pilot. And I've been quite fortunate in life that I've had two quite clear ambitions. And I've been able to fulfil them so far, you know, to obviously go to university and do geography and then come out of university and then pursue the career I wanted to do. And I like a lot of people, especially because my going to LSE, they a lot of people wonder why on earth I've gone into the career that I have. It's quite an unusual choice. But, I mean, the only explanation I have really is just because it, it's something that I've always wanted to do ever since I was, yeah, quite a young young child. So, yeah, the, um, and the opportunity came along after I graduated university and, and you imagine the selection was quite tough, but I thought I'd give it a go. And I felt as though I, I was at an age where I was ready to, um, take on the responsibility and the challenges that the job and the training itself would bring. Um, so yeah, I thought now's the right time to go for it. And yeah, I was really lucky, so so lucky to get onto the onto the training program. And yeah, I guess the, the rest is history, as they say. You know, now I'm here in New Zealand, <laughs> midway through my training. Can you tell me more about the selection process and like what stage are you at now? Yeah, so the selection process was, as you can imagine, incredibly competitive and uh, rigorous as well, which it has to be. You, you want it to be like that. Um, so the first part of the test was you had to do a series of online tests. So they test um, things like your math skills. Um, they also test like your, your, your reactions, your ability to multitask and things like that. Um, so then that's the first stage. And then you have to do those tests again but at one of their assessment centres and then if you're lucky enough to get through to that bit and by that stage there aren't that many people you then have to go in and do a group assessment and and, and a 30 minute interview at that point so the group assessment basically you're, you're with a load of other applicants and you're given a task so like our task was we were 
um, we, we were given a situation where there was an airport that wanted to build a second runway or something and we had to try and decide what the best option was um, with regards to uh, where, where it would be most appropriate to, to build it and stuff. So there, there, was, there was that exercise which we were being assessed on and our ability to work with other people. And then following that, we had a 30-minute interview, which, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've done, I had done one interview before that, so I hadn't had a huge amount of interview experience, but it was a really tough and grinning interview because, of course, they want to really get into the fine detail and, and find out what you really are like as a person. Um, but I was so lucky that, and I, I go back to this a lot, but having run the Geography Society, I had so much experience and so many skills that I could draw on with regards to leadership and teamwork and organisation um, that I could talk about in my interview that it really, uh, fortunately for me, it wasn't that difficult talking to them for 30 minutes. And yeah, the interview went went well. Um, as you can imagine there's some quite challenging questions at times, but um, yeah, it was it was fantastic. It was, um, and I was so so happy when they you know offered me not only a training place, but then also the job with EasyJet at the end. And um, yeah, it was a, an immense sense of achievement, definitely. What what point are you at in the training? Have you flown a plane yet, or if not, when would you be in a position to? Yeah. Yeah, so I so last year I was in Coventry. I did my first six months of training in Coventry, and that was theoretical training. So it was um, all classroom, exam-based um, stuff that I had to do before going on to actually flying aircraft. And now I'm at the stage where I fly um, single-engine aircraft, so just like little propeller aircraft. Um, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm about midway through my single-engine training at the moment. I'm looking at probably about um, about another year's worth of training still to go, um, including all the delays and everything that's taken, that's obviously been incurred as a result of this pandemic. So, yeah, I, I've got about a year left of my training. But, yeah, I'm, I'm doing solo flights at the moment. I go and fly around the country. I'm also going to be very soon starting to land at different airports around the country, which fills <laughs> me with dread, to be quite honest. <laughs> it's absolutely terrifying just because of the amount of work and pressure that you're going to be under when you do that. But especially as you're on your own in the aircraft and it's up to you to do everything. But at the same time, uh, I look back on the last six months and the amount of progress I've made and it's so rewarding to see how far I've come in that time. Tom, can you now tell me about the third song you'll be taking with you? Okay, so the third song I picked is a song called Younger by Sinabo Say and it's the Kygo remix. So yeah, Kygo's made another appearance in my selection. Um, but I can't, I, I mean, I remember listening to this song um, one afternoon. It was just, I was at university, it was in my third year at uni, and I was just um, chilling one afternoon. And I remember hearing this song come on the playlist, and I'd never heard of it before, but it just made me feel really chilled out, relaxed, and just really reflective. And yeah, and I, I, I still listen to this song now, and it still has the same effect on me. So whenever I just want to relax and think about stuff, <laughs> I just like putting a song on it just chills me out instantly you've been living in New Zealand for the past six months what's it been like and how does it compare mm -hmm. to living in London yeah um so completely different as you can probably imagine yeah New Zealand's a very rural country and it's absolutely spectacular and especially when you're flying around the country it's even more spectacular from above to see all the mountains, the coasts, the landscapes and everything, it's wonderful. 
but yeah, I mean, where I'm living is very rural. Um, so there's not a lot going on around where I am. Uh, I live near to the airport that I train at. So it couldn't be much more different from London, which yeah, is incredibly busy and there's a, a lot going on there. Um, but I'm really enjoying my time here. Um, I think as a country, it's obviously quite cut off and quite remote. It's in a very isolated part of the world, but um, it, it makes up for it because it's absolutely stunning at, at the same time. And to have the opportunity to live in this part of the world is, is such a treat. And um, yeah, I'm definitely trying not to take it for granted at all. Do you have any favourite parts about living there? I think, as I, as I touched on before, just the the landscapes and the the variety that there is on offer with regards to seeing different places and beautiful mountains and you know, coasts and everything are just absolutely gorgeous. So if you're someone that likes being outdoors a lot and going for walks and exploring different places, then this is definitely um, a really good place to come to. Do you have any mischievous stories from when you were a kid? That's a good question. Uh, put me on the spot here. I'm trying to think. No, I have got one. Go on. Um, we, when, I was a, when I was a child, we used to live in a cul-de-sac. And where I lived, we had some really friendly neighbours. They're such nice people, um, really forgiving towards me especially, um, considering my age. And <laughs> there was one time where I used to, I used to just play tennis out in, in the road, you know, and my mum looked out the window. She was on the she was on the phone to someone and she could see me hitting the tennis ball against the house of the of the, the house opposite where I lived. <laughs> and my mum was like, oh my God, what is he doing? And she quickly dropped the phone on the floor and went running out and said, What are you doing? You can't hit a tennis ball against another person's house like that. But the funny thing was, is the person, our neighbour who, um, who owned the house was just sat in his study with, <laughs> with his arms folded, just staring at me doing it whilst I was hitting the tennis ball against his own house. And he just rolled his eyes as my mum brought me back into the house at that point. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so can you now tell me about your fourth song? Yeah, sure. So my fourth song is Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol which I see is an absolute classic. I mean, I don't know anyone who dislikes this song, to be That's honest. Good. What I love about this song is that I still get the same like feeling from it when I listened to it when I was younger to when I listen to it now. It still gives me like, it just make, it just moves me. I don't even know why. I just think it's um, something about the melody or just something about the lyrics. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's just a, a great song around, to be honest. Is there anywhere in the world that you're most keen to travel to? Oh, to travel to? Um, that's a really good question. Um, I, do you know, I've always wanted to come to New Zealand, Australia, and I've yeah, been so lucky to be able to put a massive tick in that box over the last few months. And I went over to Australia over Christmas. Um, so, I, yeah, I went, over and vi I went to Sydney for a week, which was amazing. Such a fantastic city. Um, so, yeah, I've been lucky to, I've been able to fulfil fulfill that pledge already. I guess... Where else in the world? Oh goodness, it's like an it's a yeah, endless list for me as to where I'd like to go. I I'm really interested and just fascinated by Japan as a country. I think it's a really just culturally very interesting, but also also soci sociologically and economically very interesting as well. With it being quite you know quite developed as a nation as well, and just the way they go about life and how they've kind of adapted to live in the the sort of landscapes and 
and um, the sort of surroundings that they have there it is so so interesting. I remember at school when we like when we studied volcanoes and earthquakes and stuff, always looking at Japan as um, an example of uh, how they managed to mitigate against earthquakes and things like that. And I just thought, wow, there's something so innovative about their culture and the way that they live their lives. So I'd love to go over and just sample it and see what it's like. I suppose it sort of links in. What is the most beautiful place that you've been to so far? Hmm. Oh, great question. Um, I have to say, I, I, so when I went to Sydney over Christmas, I went on Christmas Day, I went over to the Blue Mountains National Park, which is not too far from Sydney. And they had, so they had the Australian bushfires going on at the time. Um, so a lot of the park was closed off because of it. There was only like very limited access for people. So when I got there, I went to one of the viewing platforms and it was absolutely, absolutely inundated with tourists. Like even though it was Christmas Day, there was just loads of uh, tourists there. I, I couldn't quite believe it. So I walked back a street and I found this um, path that they'd forgotten to cordon off. Like they basically just forgot it was there. And I looked at it and I thought, no, I'm not going to go down that path. Like, I, you know, it's not safe for me to do so. Like, <laughs> there could be a fire at the end of the path, for instance. You know, like, it's, it's not a good thing to do. And plus, I thought I'd be breaking the law as well if I ended up going down that path. So I, I stopped there for a bit and had something to eat. And then there was this family that came along and they went down the path. <laughs> and I thought, well, they've gone down that path. I feel like there's safety in numbers here. So I'm going to go <laughs> and have a look down the path myself. And so I went down and I came across, and the family were there as well, but I came across this most spectacular viewing deck that would normally, if it wasn't cordoned off, it would be inundated with tourists as well, just be so many people there. But I had the whole viewing deck to myself and I had the most spectacular vista of the whole Blue Mountains and all I could hear were the birds and the wind and like the, the, I couldn't hear any of the tourists whatsoever. And it was just me and this incredible view of the Blue Mountains. And I, it was, it was like I say, it was Christmas Day as well. You know, I was in Australia and I thought this is one of the moments in my life where I'm going to pinch myself and think, yeah, I'm going to look back on this moment for many years to come as some, you know, just a really special place and having just a really special experience. Um, yeah, so hopefully I'm not going to get a call from the Australian police anytime soon, but <laughs> it was worth it. I thought if they find me, it's worth paying the fine just to have this view to myself. <laughs> so now we are moving on to your fifth song. Yeah, okay. So my, my fifth song is Beautiful Day by U2. Um, again, a bit like the previous song, I just think this is such a like optimistic, great song. And like they normally play this song at sports events, you know, stuff like that. And yeah, I just think it's really feel good. Um, and it, regardless of how what mood you're in, um, it can just make you feel instantly better. So yeah, it's just a really uplifting song that cheers me up a lot of the time. So you've travelled around a bit, clearly in life. Do you have a favourite meal? Yeah, that's a really tough question, I think. Of course, that like, often depends on how I feel and what I feel like having a lot of the time. Um, but despite travelling around, I absolutely love home cooking. Like, nothing can beat home cooking, regardless of where you go in the world. Like, often my mum makes, makes these really good, like, you know, slow cooker recipes. Like, she'll put chicken in, in the slow cooker in the morning. And, like, it's just absolutely delicious. There's so much flavour to it. 
Um, so he makes this really good curry in the slow cooker. I have to say, I'm really missing it at the moment. I've gone six months without this curry, but it's, yeah, it's so delicious. And like I said, it's just so tasty. Um, so when I eventually get back to the UK, it's the first thing I'm requesting when I get back. <laughs> Is there anything that bothers you way more than anything else? Any pet peeves that you have? I really, you, I think it's called um, mesophobia. I think that's what it's called. I may be wrong, but it's the noise of people eating that I really, really like it's like eating cotton wool for me it just it's a horrible horrible noise and people that slurp like really loudly and when they swallow you can hear them swallowing i it just makes me shudder so I, that's one thing i don't like i understand like some you can't help it a lot of the time but um when people are like oblivious to it and they make those sort of like eating noises and stuff like that it just oh i hate it so much the other one which is really odd is whispering i really don't like whispering there's something about whispering that makes me feel really uncomfortable so like when people are in a room and they're whispering it i'm, I'm like oh, it's just horrible noise it makes <laughs> yeah i can't explain why to be honest mm. so, tom can you now tell me about the sixth song you've taken with you and any reasons why yeah sure so the sixth song i've gone for is i never loved you anyway by the cause and so the cause were a band that my parents really loved um when i was a kid and i remember they used to play this we used to play the cause in the car all the time like we'd gone long journeys we're going on holiday whatever we always used to have the cause album on so i picked this song in particular just because um yeah i just remember listening to it on long car journeys when we go on holiday down to the coast or whatever so yeah it just brings back memories of my childhood i guess do you have any life accomplishments you're most proud of? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously doing what I'm doing now, that was something I've always wanted to do and to be accepted and to get onto a programme like this was a huge, you know, I felt was a great achievement, really. Um, if I look more generally back at university as well, I look at the accomplishments that we made as a society in our final, you know, when I ran a society in my final year, that was, I was so, so proud of what we achieved in that time. It was such a short period of time as well, but what we managed to achieve there. And um, yeah, and I think, I mean, you know, for instance, with you, and you, you know very well, because you were such an active part of the committee that, you know, things like the geography ball, I was so proud of that evening and, you know, what you'd managed to put together that night. And to see that it's still going now is, is, is fantastic. And I think one of our, great accomplishments as uh, as a committee that year so as i said earlier was working with the geography department to launch a lot of social initiatives and um and, and you know things like the ball the welcome parties you name it and and what's so lovely to see is like, I, I followed the department on social media and to see that that relationship between the society and the department still exists today like the, the two work really closely together so for me to see that that's still going, this is two years after I graduated, is such a rewarding thing for me to see as well. It's almost like a sort of legacy for for my time that when you know when I was running the society. So yeah, I mean, there's, um, I mean, yeah, I guess that's one of <laughs> one way of describing what an accomplishment was. I don't know. Yeah, really. it's very, it's, yeah that year really put the Geography Society on the map. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we all agreed that something had to change when we 
uh, when we started running the committee. And mm-hmm. I, like I said, I was so, so lucky to run that society at a time when both LSE and the geography department were looking to improve student satisfaction. So it just meant we had a wealth of resources for us to access at that point, you know, with regards to funding and, you know, staff support as well the geography department being so willing to help with organizing things for us and listening to our ideas as well and like i said it just made my job a lot easier and a lot more enjoyable as well it just gave me loads of options to to pursue as the society president and yeah like i said to see that that relationship between the department and societies has been maintained and is still going it is fantastic you know Tom, can you now tell me about the seventh song you'll be taking with you? Yeah, sure. So the seventh song is uh, One Day Like This by Elbow. Um, Again, a bit like the song before, my parents were huge fans of Elbow, still are huge fans of Elbow. Um, And it's just it's just a really nice song. I like the like variety in the song as well. You've got the orchestra playing as well. There's, you know, some nice sounds going on it in the song. And yeah, I just think it's a it's a really it's just another classic song that's really enjoyable and I, I like it a lot. If you go back in time five years, is yeah. there anything you wish you could tell yourself? Yeah, um so five years ago I was doing my A levels. So I was just about to start at LSE. So my god, think the amount that has changed between now and then. It's insane. But um yeah, so I think I remember going to university uh, five years ago and feeling I obviously had a very kind of narrow perspective being only 18 years old and lived in a suburban part of the UK. You know, I didn't have a, a particularly broad outlook on things. But I think some of the stuff that I did at university, um, I really kind of defied my own expectations. And I think one thing I tell myself back then is don't, ever sort of hold yourself back in any way always believe in yourself because no matter how hard a task may seem you you can do it you know um i remember running for geography society president was something i didn't want to do initially but my friend at the time she forced me into doing it jasmine said i should run for it and i was like i, I was like are you sure i don't think that's a good idea at all <laughs> um but I, honestly, I'm so, so glad she pushed me to do that because, like I said, I think it was one of the best decisions I've made. And like I said, I, I proved to myself more than anything that I could do something that I didn't think I was able to do. Um, so, yeah, I tell myself five years ago that, you know, don't let don't beat yourself up in any way and just believe in yourself. And you can do things that you didn't think you could do in the first place. So. Um, yeah, that's that's certainly what I'd say to myself five years ago. And I, I think how much I've changed in five years, it's, <laughs> it's remarkable, really. What was your favourite part studying at the LSE? Yeah, I think um, being surrounded by some really like, intelligent, motivated individuals, um, all of whom are from a variety of cultural, social, economic backgrounds as well, um, was like I said, having come from a suburban part of the UK, it was it was a great learning curve for me in a way. It really broadened my mind and my um, outlook on life as well. Um, so yeah, just to be surrounded by these sort of motivated um, individuals was was inspiring in itself, and that's what made studying at LSE enjoyable. The fact that we were all um, highly motivated, we we're all really interested in what we were studying. And again, that just made everything a lot more enjoyable in regards to the degree and um, 
you know, just socialising with people in general. Um, so, yeah, no, I, you know, I had a fantastic three years looking back. I'm so, so glad I was, I went to LSE and it was a great experience for me as well. Can you now tell me about your eighth and final song? Yeah, so my final song is um, Reach by S Club 7, which is quite, quite a different choice compared to what I've said before. But the main reason I chose this song was because, bizarrely, I remember this being the first song um, that I remember as a kid. This was my first song that I called my favourite song. I used to love it so much. And I would only be about three or four years old at the time, but... In my mind, it's the first song I ever remember having as my favourite song. Um, so for me, it obviously signif- it's significant for my childhood in a way. Um, but then I also, like, looking back at university, all those S Club 7 reunion night, club nights, they were just fantastic. <laughs> and everyone going, like, mental when S Club 7 <laughs> music came on. So, yeah, they just bring back joyful memories of my childhood. Fab. So, um... Moving on to the last parts, you're able to yeah. with you the Bible, the beverage report, and a book of your choice. What book are you going to take with you? Yeah, so the book I've chosen is Iwadi on Top by uh, Richard Iwadi. Um, the main reason I've picked it is because it's the book that has been sat on my bedside table for like the last six months, and I think I've read one chapter of it so far. And so I take it with me so that I can purely finish it because I've been meaning to read it for ages now um I've had I've just had two months off and I still haven't read it but promise you I will I will read it at some point um in the future but yeah I, I bring it with me so that I can finally finish reading it um but Richard is such, for me it's just such a fascinating character as well he's absolutely hilarious he cracks me up so much and um yeah I, I'm really looking forward to eventually getting around to reading the book but but yeah, that's why I would take that book with me, purely so I can finish it. <laughs> and finally, do you have a luxury item you'd want to take with you? So I would take with me um, some jigsaw puzzles. Um, again, this is um, something that I've been doing quite a lot in the last two months or so in lockdown. And it's a fantastic way to pass time. It's just a great way to chill out as well and take your mind off things. Um, and yeah, I've just really enjoyed doing jigsaw puzzles over the last couple of months. So I'm going to be stuck on a desert island then I'm going to want something to do to fill the time so I thought I'd take a load of jigsaw puzzles with me and that'd be a great way to fill the time. Very nice well thank you Tom for telling me about your geography on jams and I hope you stay well for the rest of your time during lockdown in New, in New Zealand. Thank you ever so much I really enjoyed that it was really good fun um yeah thank you for having me on that was really good. <laughs>